God bless you. This is Apostle Anthony Wilson for Love Thy Neighbor. And today on Love Thy Neighbor, we're going to talk about how God will make you famous. Whoa, hold on. Don't Are you getting into the prosperity gospel? You, no. I want to show you in scripture how God will make you famous. We talked about last week that God wants you to be successful. Well, he wants you to be successful because he has a purpose and a plan that needs your success. But he also will make you famous for that same reason. And we're going to dive into uh, individuals in the Bible who God purposely made them famous. Coming up next on Love Thy Neighbor, God will make you famous. Shit. 
said it. You said it. If you say I'm free in my mind, if you said it. Yeah. Man of Your Word by Chandler Moore and Kevin Scraven for Maverick City Music. You're listening to Love Thy Neighbor. Whew, if you said it, you believe it. Man, I'm, I'm vibing off of that. Um, great song we did this weekend at our church and uh, still enjoying it. Uh, welcome to Love Thy Neighbor. Uh, this week we're continuing our series on uh, God wants you to be successful. And in this particular series today, we're going to talk about how God will make you famous. God has made men in the Bible famous. Uh, the, the term fame is actually a biblical term. You probably don't think so, but it's used uh, about 10 or 15 times in the Bible. It's used for God, make his fame, but it's also used for God's servants uh, that their fame uh, was known throughout the land. And today we're going to talk about a few people. I'm not going to talk about all of them. Uh, I wrote down six people um, and you can do your research and look this up if I don't get to all of them where God made them famous. Now, this is an interesting phenomenon because uh, uh, so often we either think that God just wants us to have health and wealth and never have any problems, or we think that God doesn't want us to have any um, any type of uh, power and success uh, in this life. But uh, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, God prospers people for his purpose, um, just like Satan prospers people for his purpose. Uh, the devil will make somebody prosperous in order to lead people away from God, to lead people to serve other gods, to, to lead people to believe that they don't need God. And then God will bring people to places of fame and prosperity uh, for the purpose of leading people to him and bringing people out of bondage into freedom in Christ. And there, there, there are so many struggles with um, this idea, which is it? Either God wants us to all be in poverty or he wants us all to prosper. And I think it's really about focusing on whatever God's purpose is. And so uh, the six men uh, that um, I want to mention to you, uh, number one is Joshua, Joshua chapter six, um, verse 27. We're going to look at that verse, but write that down in your notes. Um, Mark chapter one, verse 28, which is Jesus. Now we, we, we all know about him. First uh, Kings chapter 10, verse one or second Kings, sorry, second Kings. No, first Kings chapter 10, verse one, Solomon, write that down in your notes. First Kings chapter 10, verse one, Solomon. First uh, Chronicles chapter 14, verse 17, David, King David. Second uh, Chronicles chapter six or chapter 26, verse eight, Uzziah, Uzziah, Uzz. I-A-H, Uzziah, King Uzziah. And then number six is Mordecai, Esther, uh, chapter nine, verse four. Um, and that's a powerful chapter. But Mordecai, um, God uh, caused these 
men to be famous uh, because of the divine purpose uh, that he had for their life. Um, I, I, I don't want to undersell the fact that when you're obedient to God, when you do what he asked you to do, there is a chance that you could become very well known. That everybody well known, is that doesn't mean they sold out. That doesn't mean that they, you know, um, made a pact with the devil or, you know, anything like that. Uh, there's some people for the God's divine purpose. Uh, this individual uh, became very famous and very um, influential. Uh, we talk about influencers in this culture. Uh, people who have the ability to sway people in certain directions. Well, God was the first person to create influencers. Uh, Joshua was a major influencer. Uh, Jesus, a major influence. Solomon, David, Uzziah, Mordecai. Uh, definitely, these were some major, major um, people that influenced uh, culture, influenced uh, beliefs influence people's perspective on God and what if God chooses you to be one of those influencers what if God puts you in a position uh, where you uh, become one of the people that either leads people to God or uh, ends up using their fame uh, to serve themselves and we're going to talk about the downfall of fame but first we're going to go into this idea that God will make you famous and how he will do it. And so I'm just going to read this one verse out of Joshua. And then I'm going to talk to you about Joshua. Joshua chapter six, verse 27. It says, so the Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout all the country. The Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout all the country. Joshua was winning major battles for the Lord. They had just conquered Jericho um, and God basically blew him up to the point where people knew exactly who he was because of who he was serving. Now, what's interesting about this particular story um, is that Joshua was Moses' successor. And in Joshua uh, succeeding Moses, Joshua was supposed to finish what Moses started. Uh, so often um, you'll get an opportunity uh, to become the person that you're supposed to be on the shoulders of somebody who you served or mentored. Mm. You'll become the person that you're supposed to be on the shoulders of somebody you served under or was mentored by. And your fame, your your notoriety is based upon uh, your ability to, first of all, serve. And so uh, Joshua, again, his fame is known throughout the country. Now, I'm going to give you something based upon um, my study of the word. There's three things. There's three reasons that people become famous three ways that God can make you famous and these three ways are very very simple I talk about them all the time but I'm so excited to be able to get to break these down but before I get into those three ways I want to look at Solomon um, in first Kings chapter 10 <laughs> and verse 1 it says now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon Y'all, I'm reading the Bible. This is in the Bible. Queen Sheba heard of the fame 
of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. She came to test him with hard questions. Sometimes your wisdom and your prosperity and the things that you accomplish will cause people to know of who you are and they want to come and test you. So, 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 so fame, yes, is wonderful. But are you prepared to be tested? Mm. Are you prepared to be tested? Are you really who are you really that person? Or are you pretending? And so Solomon had to be tested by the queen of Sheba because of his fame. Let's look at King David. First Chronicles chapter 14 and verse 17. And this is uh, the famous passage uh, about Baal Perazim, the Lord of the breakthrough. Ah, David took on the Philistines and defeated them by the divine strategy that God gave him. And at the end of this particular chapter, the final verse, it says uh, in the first Chronicles chapter 14, verse 17, the fame of David went out into all the lands and the Lord brought the fear of him upon all nations. This word fear means respect it means uh, reverence and it means terror. So it means that people reverenced him. They respected the power and the might of the armies that he had, but they also feared him that if he came to town, they knew that they would be in trouble because the Lord was with him and his fame, his notoriety, his popularity went through all the land. Let's look at second Chronicles chapter 26 and verse eight. King Uzziah, King Uzziah, another one, military might, military might, uh, ver, uh, second Chronicles chapter 26 and verse eight. Also the Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah. His fame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt, for he became exceedingly strong. He had uh, a force of mighty men. It was about 2,600 of the best fighters in the land. And he walked in the ways of his father. He stayed committed to the Lord. And the Lord caused him to be known throughout the land. People heard of him before his reputation preceded him. Before he even went anywhere, they already knew about King Uzziah. Mordecai. <laughs> Mordecai is interesting because most people don't think about Mordecai. They think about Esther. But without a Mordecai, you might not have ever even heard of Esther. <laughs> so in Esther chapter 9, verse 4, it says, For Mordecai was great in the king's palace, and his fame spread throughout all the providences. For this man Mordecai became increasingly prominent increasingly prominent why well first of all he was the one that counseled esther to step up and so through his influence there you go influence esther did the right thing the jews were saved and mordecai became a very important person once that happened esther became the queen but but mordecai became a very prominent voice that people listened to mm. 
So these are six individuals that God made famous. Now, let me break down for you three very important things that made them or that allowed them to acquire the fame that God put on them. Are you ready? Number one, they had to answer the call. They had to answer the call. Each and every one of these uh, individuals had to answer the call. What does it mean to answer a call? We hear everybody talk about the calling, the calling. God called me to this. God called me to that. But really answering the call is stepping into the role that God wants you to play in his divine story. This means stepping out of the role that you want. Mm. So number one, answering the call is stepping into the role that God wants you to play in his divine story. But number two, it means that you leave your previous personal hopes and dreams behind to follow God's God's purpose. Wow. There are so many people that struggle answering the call because they feel like they're being robbed of something. God is not going to let me do what I want to do with my life. Well, if God is going to make you famous, then God's going to make you famous for his purpose, not for yours. Now, you can go out and make yourself famous. You can, you know, struggle your whole life for fame and fortune. I mean, that's what we grew up off of. Everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants to have this. Everybody wants to have that. Everybody wants to be important. Uh, That's what makes uh, social media uh, so alluring in these days because you get to get on there and become famous. People get to see your post and it gets to be shared and it goes all over the place. But but, but what, what if you're being made famous for the wrong thing? What, what what if God has a purpose and a plan? What if he's got a story that he's writing and he wants to write you in as a main character? Mm. He wants to make you the star of a certain episode that he's writing in human history. And God wants to make you a, a primary player in that situation. So number one, you've got to step into the role that God uh, wants you to play in his divine story. But you have to leave your previous personal hopes and dreams behind. Number three, you uh, you must forget your past and pursue your present purpose. You must forget your past. Some people don't answer the call because they're so hung up on all the mistakes that they made and all the things that they haven't done and all the uh, all, all all the problems that they've had in their past. The fact that my family is this or I made these uh, these bad choices, and so they don't want to step into answering God's call because they see themselves as not worthy of God's call. But David was the least of his brothers. If anybody should have said, what you want to do with me? I'm the guy in the back serving in the pig's pen, attending to the sheep and uh, doing the grunt work while they stand out front looking good and handsome and clean. Why would you call me? That's exactly why he called you. Because if he's going to make you famous, it's going to be based upon not by your might, not by your power, but by his spirit. He's the one that brings promotion. The Bible says that promotion does not come from the east, the west, the north or the south, but promotion comes from the Lord. And so if God's got a plan for you to become famous, then God wants to do it by his means, not by your means. It's not going to be because you're so smart. It's not going to be because you're so talented. It's going to be because God has a plan. And so you've got to step into the role that God 
wants you to play in his divine story. You've got to leave your previous personal hopes and dreams behind. You've got to forget your past and pursue your present purpose. This is answering your calling. This is answering the call. Number two, you've got to accept your assignment. Accept your assignment. And and in that, each one of these men had to understand the cost. They had to understand the cost. David had to understand the cost. His cost was he's going to be hunted by Saul. (laughs) Solomon's cost, he said, man, I'm just a young guy. I don't know how to do this. The Lord came to him in a dream and began to speak to him. He said, I don't know how to do this. And so he had to ask the Lord for wisdom because he knew that he didn't know what he was doing. (coughs) Excuse me. Mordecai was risking his life to to step up and encourage Esther to do what she, he, he knew that man, If I don't do this, there's a cost. There's a risk. And so you got to, first of all, understand the cost. But number two, you've got to wrestle with the consequences. There's consequences to your assignment. There's things that you can no longer pursue. There's things that you have to give up because what God has for you has its own path has its own uh, uh, design. And so it, 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 you've got to wrestle with the consequences of that. There are some people that say, well, no, I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that. But when you accept this assignment, now you've got to wrestle with the fact that this means that I can't do that anymore. It's like when a man uh, and a woman get married. When they get married, they have to wrestle with the fact that all those other people I was messing around with, I can't do that no more. I'm going to be with this one person for the rest of my life. You say, well, that's not a consequence. It is a consequence. It's something that occurs because of this decision that you make. Consequences aren't aren't always negative. They just are. But number three, you've got to commit to the course. So you understand the cost, you wrestle with the consequences, but then you commit to the course. That means you've accepted the assignment is that you commit to the course. I'm going to do it. I'm going to move forward and I'm going to be obedient to God in this course that he has chosen for me. I'm going to run this race with patience. I'm going to press towards the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I'm committed to this thing. Jesus in the garden. Jesus in the garden had to commit. He accepted the assignment, but in the garden is where he committed to the course. Which brings me to number three, accomplishing your mission. In order to accomplish the mission that God has for you, you're going to have to number one, submit to his will. That's what Jesus did in the garden. That's what David had to do. That's what Joshua had to do. Joshua uh, had to say, okay, God, I'm not Moses. He said, my my servant Moses is dead. Joshua, you're going to take these people into the land. He had to submit to God's will. Uzziah was made king at age 16. You got to submit to God's will. At 16, he probably wanted to be doing something else. How many want to step into uh, such a high calling at the age of 16? 
you still want to be a kid. There's people that, that are a, at age 30 and they still don't want to step into it. But Uzziah submitted to God's will and said, I'm going to, I'm going to step into this thing. Number two, you've got to trust in God's sovereignty. Ooh, this is, this is the one y'all, because you have to trust the fact that God is in control, that your life is no longer in your hands. It's in God's hands. Your job is to be obedient to what he's asking you to do and trust that he'll work out all the details. Proverbs chapter three, five and six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. This is trusting in God's sovereignty. What is it that God is asking you to do that you got to trust that he's going to work it out because you don't know how it's going to work out. But if God wants to make you famous, he's going to do it by his own means, not by yours. Uh, It's going to look like luck. People are going to think you came out of nowhere. People are going to say, where did this person even come from? How did they how did they become so popular? How did how did they show up on all these different things? It's because they trusted in God's sovereignty and God did it. He positioned them because he had a message. He had something in that individual that he wanted to show the world. He had something. Uh, that he placed in that person that needed to be expressed. He wanted to show people something about himself and he wanted to do it through this particular person. And this person is probably the least likely. It's, this person is probably one in a million. This person is is just uh, uh, just minuscule in their own eyes. But in God's eyes, he said, you know what? I take the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. I'll take somebody that don't nobody believe is going to become anything. I'll take somebody who is on the verge of destruction and turn them into a a great person, a great man, a great woman at any time. And so that's why you have to trust in God's sovereignty. You trust in his sovereignty because God knows what he's doing. I was reading it the other day, uh, Romans 8, 28, watch this. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, watch this, and to those who are called according to his purpose. Watch this. I'm going to show you something because I, I don't think we've read this correctly. Go get your Bible, open it up, look at this verse, put your eyes on this verse. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those Now, listen to me. All things work together for good to those who love God. To those, not for those, but to those. So the individual who loves God sees things working together for the good, even if at the moment it it doesn't look good. You know why? Because they're trusting God's sovereignty. And to those who are called according to his purpose. The person who's called according to God's purpose sees even the struggles of life as good because they believe that all things work together for the good. It is a perspective thing. And so when you're submitted to God's will and you're trusting God's sovereignty, you're saying, God, no matter how bad it looks to me, it's good. Because as long as it's your plan, it's good. 
as long as it's according to your purpose is good because eyes haven't seen nor ears heard neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for those who love him but God will reveal them to us by his spirit even the deep things of God. Uh, there, there's something about an in- individual that loves God that sees even difficult times as good. This is good. This is going to be for the good. That sees even the most trying times because I'm called according to his purpose. I know that, there, 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 that for everything there's a season and a time for every purpose under heaven because there's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to lose. There's a time to gain. And so I look at all of these things as good because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. They're not working for my good. They are good. You'll catch that later. Number three. You reverence God's authority. What does that mean? That means that when God says something I see that as the final word. Man's word is not the final word. God's word is the final word. What God has to say is the final authority on everything that has to do with me. And so somebody may say, you know what? You'll never make it out of this. You'll never do this or you'll never do that. Or this is as far as you're going to go or it's over from here. If that's not what God said, then I can't worry about it. Because I'm submitted to God's will. I'm trusting God's sovereignty and I'm reverencing God's authority in my life. He's the final say. Aren't you so glad that God has the final say? And so if God wants the whole world to know who you are, that's up to him. If God wants hundreds of people to know who you are, that's up to him. If God wants thousands of people, that's up to him. If God wants millions, that's up to him. And so your job is to answer your call, accept your assignment, and then look to accomplish whatever mission that God gives you by submitting to his will, trusting in his sovereignty and reverencing his authority in your life. I'm going to give you a couple of cautions about fame, a couple of cautions about fame. This is from the life of Joshua. It's from the life of Joshua. Joshua, at the end of Joshua chapter uh, six, he had gotten to the place where his fame was known throughout the land. But in chapter seven, he found out that somebody within uh, Israel had disobeyed God. You don't want fame to blind you to the details of God's assignment that he's given you. Sometimes we'll let things slide or we won't pay much attention because things are going so well. Oh my God. And Joshua, things were going well. Verse 27, his fame went throughout the world because God was with him. He was, man, he was doing it. He was doing it big. But the next chapter, he suffers the worst defeat of his campaign. Men die. He's frustrated. He rips his clothes. He falls on the ground. He calls out to God and says, God, what, what is going on here? Because it, it, it's, it's not as in the way you handle failure will tell me if your fame is real. 
because Joshua needed to get up and get back in there and solve the problem instead of uh, uh, complaining and falling apart because he finally faced defeat. The Lord promised him, if you obey everything that I say to you, nobody will stand in front of you. And so Joshua allowing somebody in his company to disobey what God said caused him to be defeated. And he didn't understand why. He didn't understand why. So his fame blinded him to managing and supervising the people around him. He needed to catch that, but he was he was winning wars. He was winning battles. He was doing great. Don't ever get so caught up in your progress, in your prosperity, in what you're accomplishing for God, that you miss the details, that you're blind to the details of the things that he told you. You going back and you need to take, take inventory. Am I doing the things that God said to do? Do I have the right people around me for what God told me to do? Are the people around me doing what God asked me to do? Mm. Number two, don't let fame cause you to enjoy the power and forget your purpose. This is Solomon. Solomon became one of the richest and most powerful kings ever. But that power went to his head and he found himself uh, with hundreds of concubines. He found himself in a place where he is sleeping around with women and following after false gods. Number three, don't let your fame cause you to become so comfortable that you compromise your integrity. And that has to do with David. That has to do with David. David got so comfortable that he ended up compromising his, his integrity. He's sitting there. He should be at war, but he's at home looking over the balcony at another man's wife. And what happens to him is that he falls into sin. So remember these cautions about fame and know that when God promotes you, nobody can demote you, that it is up to him how far you're going to go and how great you're going to be. And so as you're listening, I want you to go back and 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 re-listen to this and take notes and make sure that you understand uh, what I'm saying to you, because God has a way of promoting people to places that they never thought that they would be. Amen. So thank you for listening to Love Thy Neighbor. I pray that these points would help you and encourage you. And so remember, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Father, I just pray that uh, the listeners would be encouraged, strengthened. I pray that they would be built up uh, in their faith um, and they would know that uh, you have big plans for your people um, and when we're humble, when we're submitted to you, there are things that we can accomplish that we never thought we could accomplish. And so I thank you for what you're doing in Jesus name. Amen and amen.